Welcome to the Destiny Church and Throne Podcast, where we hope to inspire, stir, and provoke you to know Jesus and make him known in your daily life. Enjoy. Perfect. Okay. And in reading this scripture, my prayer is that you'll take this and begin to just ask God, Lord, what does this mean to my life right now and where I'm at and how can it help me to grow as a believer? Okay. Psalms 25, 14. I'm going to read it out of the Passion Translation. I've read it in, in, in a lot of different translations, but when I read it in the Passion Translation, I thought it was absolutely amazing. It wrecked me. So I'm going to read it to you guys real quick. <clears throat> oh, also, Sunday night, we have um, Wells of Agape is having their mother-daughter banquet. It's going to be absolutely amazing. So if you want to serve in that as well, um, there's opportunity for that. Uh, Sunday, get with Pastor Karen or Annie. Somebody will get you some details on, um, on how you can serve in that area. Uh, and then everything else that's up there, guys, you'll see that next Wednesday. How about this? We will be going to uh, Trinity Church in Beaumont. So they've asked us to have service. If you know, uh, we have service on Thursdays. So they've asked us to come over there on Wednesday and partner with them to just lead worship, to teach their team, and just to sow into their church. Um, because that's the most beautiful thing right now is that God is bringing about unity in the body, right? And it doesn't matter who's behind the pulpit, right? It's not my four no more. Oh, don't, you know, my church. What it is is we're seeing the body of Christ begin to be in a place where the competition is being ended. Amen? So it's a really, really good thing. So that's where we'll be. And then also keep our ladies uh, in prayer. Pastor Karen has taken a team to a women's recovery home on Tuesday. They're going to go minister. They're going to go just, just share the heart of God to some women over there. That's going to be, oh, that's going to be absolutely amazing. So with that being said, Psalms 25, 14 in the Passion Translation. Beloved, I'm not long-winded. I won't be here too long, uh, but just follow me as we dive into some scriptures. Amen? Amen? Amen. All right, yeah. Are we here? Are we alive? Are we good? Guys, here we go. Follow me on this. Psalms 25, 4 says this, 14. There's a private place reserved for the lovers of God where they sit near him and receive the revelation secrets of his promises. Now check that out for a second. There's a private place reserved for the lovers of God where they sit near him and they receive revelation secrets of his promises. How many know that in the Bible, God gives us promises? You know what I mean? Like there are promises in the word of God. And I also know that there are promises that he has spoken over our lives that maybe some of us say, you know, I haven't seen some of those promises come to pass yet, but that's okay. Because there's a private place reserved for lovers of God where they sit near to him and receive those revelation secrets. That word secrets means close, intimate deliberations. So what this is saying here is that God is saying, look, I'm not far off that you're only going to see me when you get to heaven. God is saying, I've actually reserved a spot for you when you just come close to me where I want to reveal to you secrets of my promises. I want to have intimate, close deliberations with you. Like God wants to speak to us. Like you can read your Bible and in the first few moments, you'll begin to see, man, God wants personal relationship. This is something that we talk about. Right. And, and if you've been in church any length of time, you've probably heard people say it relationship over religion, brother. You know what I mean? Like you've probably heard it, but it's the truth. The truth is God is setting an establishing relationship for us so that we can walk in close intimacy with him so we can know his heart and know his secrets. 
Psalm 27, 8 says, my heart has heard you say, come and talk with me. And my heart responds, Lord, I'm coming. So I have heard you say, God, come and seek me. Come and find me. Come and pray. Come to your secret place. Shut everything off. And my heart has said, Lord, I'll come find you. The other day we were talking about satisfaction in the presence of God. And I said, I don't, whenever I'm in prayer, I don't need like a sign or my room to start shaking or a lightning bolt to hit in the middle of that. Just my heart responding to want to go to prayer satisfies me enough because I know 10 years ago, my heart never wanted to go see God. Like I never wanted to get in prayer. I never wanted to set myself away and just go and find him, get in the Bible, sing songs to him. I never wanted that. So my heart responding to God is satisfaction enough because I know that fruit wasn't there 10 years ago. And so the Bible tells us, it says, my heart has heard you say, come away with me, come and talk with me. My heart has heard you say this. This is why there's an utmost importance as believers, as we begin to build our relationship with Jesus, we have to know his voice. And we have to be able to shut out everything else that's not of him. We could probably pass this microphone around 17 times over and over and over and over and over again. And we could all share some testimony or a time where the enemy has just pounded us day in and day out. Where we've gotten attack after attack, whether it was loss of a loved one, whether it was a financial hardship, we lost our job because of this, we, some, this happened here, my heart got broken here, or whatever it may be, I was depressed for weeks. We could probably find areas where the enemy has targeted us and we've gone through some attacks or trials. But beloved, in the midst of all of that, the most beautiful thing is that God is still speaking to us and asking us to respond to being away with him, to being close and intimate with him. <laughs> you know, I think it's absolutely amazing in Hebrews eleven six 6 says, but without faith, it's impossible to please him. For he who comes to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. The word seek is the word zeteo, which means to seek in order to find or to crave. So when God says to seek him, he's not like, oh, Jesus, where are you? Whoop, see you later. Like when he's saying to seek, he's a rewarder of those who diligently seek. He's saying those who are looking in order to find. Those who are craving to see his face. Something that's been kind of popping up as of recently is we say there's one thing you're taking to heaven with you, and that's your relationship with Jesus. It's one thing. And the beauty in knowing him here on earth is that we can establish heaven on earth. Man. The most beautiful thing about having relationship with Jesus is knowing that in all things, in all things, he's going to reward those who diligently seek him. That it doesn't matter what you're going through, right? We can all say, been there, done that. When your eyes are fixed on Jesus, the hottest fires, the darkest waters, they don't mean anything. It's just another place to walk through to get closer to the calling of God on your life. That's all it is. Ask my wife. We welcome trials in our household. Sometimes Karen looks at me and says, okay, let's not get that excited about it. But we welcome those things. 
Why? Because our faith gets a chance to grow. I don't want to just be a Christian sitting on the chair saying, oh, God, take care of me. Don't hope nothing happens in the moment that my house starts shaking. I'm like, oh, my God. And I get on Macaulay Culkin and hide under a bed. Home Alone, home alone reference. <laughs> Glory on that. Kevin McAllister, you know what I'm talking about? Like, I want to be able to be in a place to where I'm responding to the heart of God in all situations because I know him. Psalms 25, 14, there is a private place reserved for lovers of God where they sit near him and receive revelation secrets. Here's going to be my, my tie-in. This is going to be where it all comes to. We're going to tie this up really pretty, equip you in this, get you out of here in time for lubies. Has anybody eaten at Luby's lately? Like people don't eat like it just doesn't happen, I don't think. Doesn't it? Somebody let's go to Luby's one day. <sighs> Jesus. I love you guys. You guys are amazing. So uh you know, I think that one of the beautiful things about being in a place where we know God's heart and where we're in that that place of a of knowing the secrets and receiving those close, intimate deliberations is that we can start to understand what season we're in in life, okay? Anybody been in a place in your faith where you're like, I don't know what God's doing? Anybody? Like, you're like, I have no idea what's going on. God, why don't you just, like, tell me? Look, I want to kind of highlight two areas real quick where I truly, truly believe that we might not know everything, but we can at least know what season we're in, Okay? I'm not talking about Southeast Texas know what season we're in because it'll be November, 98 degrees. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about spiritually. You may not know the whole story, but you can look and say, hey, you know what? I feel like this is a season we're in. This is why it's important as husbands that in our household, with our marriage, with our, with our children, we're seeking the Lord. So we're not just doing things to do it. So we are truly being in a place where we're like, God, what is it that you're wanting done so I can see advancement in my wife and advancement in my children? And if you're single, take notes. Knowing your season. You see, Egypt, here's the thing. Egypt actually started out as a place of salvation in the Bible, as a place of refuge. But as you keep turning the pages, it actually turned into a place in a city of bondage for the children of Israel. It started as a place of refuge and salvation, of comfort, of goodness, and then, intimately, and then it ended up turning into bondage. It ended up turning into a place where, where the children of Israel were being tortured, working as slaves, where they had a hand over them from the Pharaoh. This is why it's important to know your season that you're in. Because if you remember back, read about it, the children of Israel wanted to go back to Egypt. Why? Because they didn't want to push forward in the season they were going to, because it was the unknown. And in our walk with the Lord, I believe that when we're sitting in that private place with God, we can at least know what sort of season we're stepping into. We may not know everything, but we can at least feel the temperature and say, hey, I feel God's calling us into something like this. Or I feel like God is calling me into something like this. We start to know our season. I'm going I'm I'm to hit on Joseph. We're going to tie it up. We're going to ask God in our heart at the end of this. God, show me the areas.
where I need to know what season that I'm in so I'm not just aimlessly walking. Right? Because you're called to be fruitful, child of God. Amen. You're called to be fruitful. Like you're not called to just be, be believers and, and, and people that are just walking around aimlessly like, I don't know, I don't know. Like I think there should be a responsibility on believers that if somebody came to you and said, hey, what is God doing? You would be able to say, hey, this is exactly what I feel God's doing in my life right now. You may not know all of it, but you at least know a little bit about what God's doing in your life. I, I, I believe that because, because there's that, that secret place reserved for lovers where he's telling his secrets. He's revealing things to them. So Joseph was sent out to go look for his brothers. You can read this in Genesis 39. He was going out to look for his brothers. And he went to where he thought they were, this town called Sechem. Sechem. He couldn't find them there. And they said, hey, I think they went down to a city called Dothan. Now watch this. If you know the story of Joseph, he was actually, his brothers turned their backs on him. They threw him in a pit, right? They attacked him. They came after him. It was a crazy family thing. We always say that, right? Like, family's always sometimes the hardest to witness to and to love on. Like, sometimes that just happens. And in this scripture, what we see here, what we see is that these brothers, they, they actually, they, they went out and they threw their brother in the pit. Now, here's what I want to say. Watch this. He went first looking for them in a place called Sechem, which means back. And then he went looking for them in a place of Dothan, which means uncertain. So in a place of uncertainty, he was actually stabbed in the back by his brothers. Okay, now follow me on this. And in a place of uncertainty, he was stabbed in the back by his brothers. Now watch this. I'm, this, is, this is absolutely beautiful. Genesis 39.2 says this. Even though he was backstabbed in a place of uncertainty by his brothers thrown into a pit, Genesis 39.2 says, The Lord was with Joseph, so he succeeded in everything. He succeeded in everything he did as he served. He succeeded in everything that he did. And what I truly believe is that regardless of the season that you're in, this, this is what I want to get to. This is the, the beauty of what I'm about to say is you could have the worst thing happen to you. Stabbed in the back by your relatives and thrown into a pit to die. Out of jealousy, anger, like one of the worst situations, right? Backstabbed by family, thrown into a pit to die. But yet God is saying, you know what? It doesn't even matter because when you know the season that you're in, when you know where God is calling you into, when you're in that place where he's revealing secrets to those who love him, you get out of the pit and you keep advancing. Amen. And I don't want this to just be a feel-good message. What I want you is to understand this. There is a very real enemy Amen. and a very real war. And there is a heaven and a hell. Yes. And being a great person doesn't get you to heaven. It's only Jesus. And here's the, here's the thing is that the enemy wants to do what's necessary to knock you out of the plan of God. He wants to paralyze you as a believer and leave you in the pit. He wants to paralyze you as a believer and leave you in a place where you have lost all faith. Where you have lost 
all thoughts of God, you're going to help me. Here I am all over again. Because guess what? This happened to Joseph again. In a different manner, he goes to Potiphar's house and he, you know, he, 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 at that moment, some of the same things happen to him, maybe not in the same manner, but he gets accused of doing something he didn't do. He gets thrown in prison. So it's like, Joseph's like, what's happening here? But he always knew the season that God was calling him into and he always knew that there was a call there. Why? Because I believe that when you place yourself into being intimate with Jesus, you know his secrets. There's a special place reserved so that we can know what God is calling us into. So that in every season, whether we're in a pit or we're in a prison, it doesn't matter. Because we know that God is calling us into something more. Yeah. So beloved, take this with you. Take the thought and the understanding that God is longing. He has made a way for you to come into his presence every single day in boldness to receive all that he has for you. He made it very, very easy. I've been chewing on this all for about two weeks now. Eric Gilmore, Eric Gilmore said this. He said, we can go into the prayer closet with our business suit on and our tie and want a transaction with God. Okay, God, here I am. Briefcase. Nice suit, transaction. God, I give you this, you give me that. Here's how we're going to do it. All right, hallelujah, amen. Sign off on the documents. Sometimes we go into our prayer closet with our science coat on, our scientist coat on. We're saying, God, help me understand what exactly is happening here. Break this down for me. What does this look like? And we're, we're, we're seeking this sign to help us believe. He said, other times we come into the prayer closet dragging a sword behind us, all bloodied. Saying, God, I've slayed hundreds of demons. I've slayed hundreds of devils. Here I am before you, a worthy warrior. But Eric Gilmore goes on to say, he pushes them all aside. So that the baby boy in the back with the bib, with the binky, with the food on their clothes. Whether they just come into the presence of God saying, here I am ready to jump into your lap, God. Amen. <laughs> I'm telling you guys, the Lord makes this very, very easy. He's done it all. What he's asking us is to respond when he calls to our heart. What he's asking us is to take our place with him. There's a special place reserved for the lovers of God. And he wants to share his secrets with you. That's how good he is. Us being sinners, if our children wanted to sit with us, would we shoo them away? No. It's like the Bible says, if our kids wanted food, we wouldn't get them a stone. You know what I mean? Like these babies that are here, there's babies all around, I love it. They're not at an age yet where they can take care of themselves properly. They would not survive if that was the case. Right? I got a little niece, I don't know where she's at, baby Emma. She's in the nursery. A little baby Emma. She's back there. Bring them all the babies out. <laughs> that baby could not survive if she was hungry and they placed a bottle 10 feet in front of her or even 10 inches in front of her. See, and in our Christian walk, a lot of times in our growth, we tend to forget. We tend to forget that childlike faith 
that we tend to forget that seasonal area where God is saying, look, it doesn't matter what's going on. Papa's here. He's saying, I reserved a spot for you so I can tell you my secrets. He's calling the intimate lovers. He's calling the intimate children who are going to trust him. That's why I love those words we sang this morning. Our team wrote that song about a week or two ago. When we were just thinking about God's rest, we were up here, we wrote that song thinking about God's rest. But I never regret trusting in you. Because, beloved, it doesn't matter the season. Pits, prisons, palaces, it doesn't matter the season. When you trust in him, you don't regret it. But I believe that trust is built when you're intimate with Jesus and when you know his heart. Can we just be real for a second? Like it comes from a place of building relationship with him. It comes from a place of building relationship with him. Jesus, we thank you. We thank you, Jesus. We thank you, Jesus. Beloved, stand with me. Get ready to close out here. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. God, help us to know our season. God, help us to know our season. God, even if we're in a place of uncertainty or we're in a place where we're getting stabbed in the back, God, help us to know our season. Help us to trust. Help us to know, God. So, Father, I just prophesy over this group of, of, of believers, this, this, this group of sons and daughters. Lord, I prophesy over their lives right now, God, that they would put themselves in a place where they are going to that place reserved for intimate lovers, knowing the secrets of God. And, Father, I prophesy over marriages right now. God, I speak over husbands and wives. And Father, I just declare over them, God, that they would know seasons they're going through together. That they would be there to lift one another up through these seasons. That they would champion one another in these seasons. Father, help us to be intimate, God. God, for those that are single in this house, as you raise them up, God, help them to be intimate with you, knowing your heart in every area. Help us to build relationship in every area, God. Lord, even teach us about relationship with you and our finances, Lord. We trust you. I declare, God, that regardless of what season we're in, whether it's scorching summers, freezing winters, our fruit will last. Come on, our fruit will last. You've called us to produce fruit. So I declare that our fruit will last. Seasons will no longer dictate the call of God on your life. Things may be, God may be doing different things in different seasons, but regardless, it's not going to stop the advancement and the enemy will no longer have authority in areas to stop us or when we're in the depth of the pit to cause us to give up. And Father, I pray that in the hearts this morning as well, God, that you would increase our response to crave you and to find you, to seek you like never before. As we leave these doors, Father, 
Lord, I pray throughout the rest of our week that our days, every moment, God, that we would truly operate in a lifestyle of seeking you. God, I pray that we would have encounters this week with you, that you would open doors for the gospel to be preached to the broken, to the lost, to the hurt, that you would open doors for us to just be able to lay hands on people that are, that are operating in despair. Jesus, we just declare that, that the secrets of heaven would be revealed to us in all of our seasons. In Jesus' name. Guys, I love y'all. Position yourselves throughout this week to be in a place where you're just asking God, Lord, are there areas where I'm not responding when you're calling? Are there areas where I'm not responding to the call of God on my life when you're calling out to me? It's in those moments, guys, that we're going to grow. I love you all so much. Um, hug somebody's neck. Tell them you love them. Eat something good. Remember, next Saturday is our back-to-school event. Monday prayer, tomorrow, 11 a.m. We're praying for the city. We're praying for the region. Uh, come out, 11 a.m. But if you want to partner with our back-to-school event, be here to serve at 9 o'clock. We love y'all.